Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. How's it going, friends? Yeah, I heard if I don't do well today, they're taking the award away from me. So hopefully we do all right. Uh, normally, Alfredo drinks decaf coffee, but today for Pentecost, we gave him the full thing. And so y'all experience what that's like. Um, greetings, church, family, and friends. Uh, what a pleasure it is to be with you all this morning. Um, a couple of reasons to celebrate. One being the true feeling of summer arriving, right? Amen. The feeling of warm weather. And for your resident Californian, uh, this is a welcomed weather for sure. We also get to celebrate our first summer gathering this morning. Uh, summer kicks off and we come together as one community, um, getting closer, meeting as one, hoping that we can grow in fellowship with each other. And of course, this morning, as you uh, noticed from our worship and our excitement, uh, this service, we are celebrating the church holiday of Pentecost. The day in which we as a church celebrate the Holy Spirit being sent to us, the fulfillment of God's promise to be with us always. And the invitation to spread God's kingdom to our community and to our world, spreading love and joy in every space we inhabit. In addition, I have the opportunity to conclude this final teaching series titled The Space Between. Is this all right? Is this bugging anybody? Okay. Where we looked at how we as individuals and the community as a whole could better spread the love of God and become better ambassadors of God's character of love in our communities, both in and outside of the church. And I have the wonderful opportunity on speaking about the relational aspect of friendship. So today we'll be talking about friendship and see how friendship in the Bible is modeled for us and has a specific meaning for how we are to live into friendship. And, I, and if I can start off by saying that I have experienced so much genuine friendship in this community. Um, as a whole, and from so many of you individually, you have taken me into your town and your homes. You have set a table for me. You have celebrated holidays with me. Um, and I'm extremely grateful for your friendship to me. And I'm completely honored to be sharing this message with you all today. And, uh, and, and sharing a, a theme of hope and encouragement and, and one that you already excel at. Um, so thank you. Uh, and, and before we uh, before we begin, would you just please uh, pray with me? Father God, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for your new mercies and graces that meet us here today. Thank you for the opportunity to gather today and worship you, and I thank you specifically for this gathering, for each and every individual in this space, for the people in these chairs, for the lives that they live, not only for themselves, but for others as well. Thank you for their friendship. Almighty and ever-living God, you fulfilled the Easter promise by sending us your Holy Spirit, and now I ask that your Spirit may fill this space today. May you captivate our hearts and our imaginations to hear and know what you have prepared for us today, and may it be good. May my words be your words, Lord, and this space be your space. We pray these things in your Son's name. Amen. Thank you to Alfredo, who fixed my mic, too. He did that last service, too. Thanks, Alfredo. Today's scripture reading comes from Ruth chapter 1, verses 6 through 22. Hear the words of the Lord. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she, so she set out from that place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. 
But Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grants that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. She said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not press me to leave you, to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do thus to me and more as well. If even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman said, is this Naomi? She said to them, call me no longer Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has dealt harshly with me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned together with Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law. She came back with her from the country of Moab. They came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Growing up, I spent a lot of time watching movies with my father and my grandfather. Um, Some children learned life lessons from books and fairy tales, but my formative lessons were learned from Western movies. Cowboys like Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday, Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid, Billy the Kid. These were the people that shaped some of my early childhood lessons and particularly shaped some of my ideas on friendship. In one Western, I recall one cowboy speaking to another around a campfire and telling him, you either treat everyone like they're your friend or no one like they're your friend. Either way, it doesn't make a difference. I'm not going to lie to you all. I did not understand this line when I first heard it, and I'm not sure I understand it fully now. I remember being around a bonfire with friends in high school, and I thought, this reminds me of a movie I watched. And when there was a lull in the conversation, I leaned over to one of my best friends, and I told him, you know, you either treat everyone like they're your friend or no one like they're your friend. Either way, it doesn't make a difference. And he nodded along, and I looked at him and immediately realized this guy has no idea either what this means. Another Western I love, Tombstone, the story of Wyatt Earp's vengeance as he and his posse ride out to bring justice to the gang of cowboys that attacked his family. His posse and him set out on daring adventures to bring down this giant gang one by one, each encounter more dangerous than the last. His posse was made up of other individuals that had scores to settle with these cowboys, and so their participation makes sense. But one person was an outlier, Doc Holliday. 
In the movie, Doc Holliday is suffering from tuberculosis and still riding side by side with Wyatt Earp, each day growing sicker, yet he never left Wyatt Earp's side. Another character in the movie picks up on the shocking nature of his presence and asks him, why are you here, Doc? You have no issues with these people like we do. Why do you ride with us? In a solemn manner, Doc Holliday responds succinctly, Wyatt Earp is my friend. The other character responds, shoot, I have a ton of friends. I still wouldn't do this for them. Then with a sincere and cold stare, Doc Holliday responds, I don't. You see, when Doc Holliday called Wyatt Earp friend, he made it clear he would be his friend through thick and thin. He was with him until the end of the line. So naturally, if these are the lessons in friendship that shaped my mind at a young age, you might think I was both confused by friendship and terrified to have a serious form of friendship. Is this the type of friendship I am called to? Is this the type of friendship I deserve? As we look at the story in Ruth, we are drawn into the middle of a narrative where Naomi is found in the middle of a storm in her life. Earlier in the chapter, we are introduced to a famine in her home in Moab and the loss of both her sons and her husband. Without security and with very little hope, she makes her way to her homeland of Bethlehem because she has heard that the Lord has provided food for Bethlehem during the famine. She makes a trek with two daughters, with the two daughters-in-law, who, like her, have experienced a great deal of loss. And in the middle of their journey, with one of them, with one of the many contemplative steps Naomi takes, thinking about how miserable her situation is, she stops and says, "Enough." She looks at her daughters-in-law and lets them know the truth of her situation. She has nothing to offer them. In a plea that is full of love and sorrow, she implores her daughters-in-law to go back to their homes and to their gods because surely their fortune away from her would be better than if they were to stay with her. She asks that they may receive a loving kindness. In the Hebrew, a word perhaps we are familiar with, uh, the word is hesed, a form of loving kindness that extends far beyond what is required. And what is required of Naomi in the law system is that she, is, she would find husbands for her daughters-in-law in order to allow the family name of her sons to continue. However, she believes that in doing so, she will cause the pain and suffering she is facing to fall upon her daughters-in-law as well. So instead, she asks them to leave. And in an attempt to illustrate love and kindness to them, she desires for them to go away from her going so far as to tell them that they might be able to find better fortune with their gods than with her God. We then have to compare this act of loving kindness with the loving kindness that is illustrated by Ruth. Ruth's response is one that is well known because it is so beautiful. Ruth clings to Naomi, clings to her holds her in her arms and refuses to let go. The unique aspect of this embrace is found in how she is holding on to Naomi, not so that Naomi cannot go anywhere, not to bring Naomi with her to her land, but to show Naomi that wherever Naomi goes, she will go as well. Within this context, Naomi and Ruth have more or less a contractual relationship that is tied up with the continuation of the family name. Again, Naomi is to find a redeemer for Ruth and the family name of her son, Therefore, when Naomi implores Ruth to leave her, she is allowing a freedom from this arrangement. Ruth and Naomi now effectively have no obligation to each other, and this is what makes Ruth's actions that much more beautiful. Without any relationship to each other, Ruth then illustrates a beautiful form of relationship 
and friendship. Ruth clings to Naomi, and if her actions are not clear enough, she follows them with an explanation stating that she will not leave Naomi. She will go where Naomi goes. She will stay where Naomi stays. Naomi's people will be her people. Naomi's God will be her God. And wherever Naomi dies, she as well will die. She ends this explanation by tying in an oath to God, effectively sealing her fate with the fate of Naomi. Ruth and Doc Holliday perhaps take the same lesson on friendship. Ruth will not part from with Naomi. And given the shared history they have with each other, one can be led to believe but this is not a new commitment that Ruth is making, rather like a reaffirmation to the, to, to the relationship that they already had, being that they were family. Ruth is reassuring Naomi of a relationship that she has already made. Ruth is reaffirming the relationship and commitment she has made to Naomi. As Ruth clings to Naomi, she grabs a hold of her and makes clear that she will be present with Naomi in every season and be her friend even when it is a tumultuous season of her life. By clinging to Naomi, Ruth tells her, I know the doubts, fears, and anxieties are attacking you, coming for you, looking to wrap their suffocating presence around you, making it hard to breathe, and squeezing every ounce of hope from you, and I will take its place before it can. Before it can claim a hold of you, before the fears and anxieties can sink their final grasp into you, I will beat them to the spot with my own embrace." I am letting you know that my love and presence will beat your bitterness to the spot and I will hug you with my love and presence and I will not let I will not leave you wherever your life may take you I will follow you I will not leave you I will be an immigrant in a foreign land for you I will know your pain and struggle and heartache I will be your friend I believe that this is not only a beautiful form of relationship but a beautiful form of friendship However, I know that when I say this, we might be thinking, well, even on my best days, I can't be like Ruth. So why even bother? In fact, I read an argument that Ruth being identified as the ideal daughter-in-law is oppressive for daughter-in-laws everywhere. <laughs> because no one can measure up. Even though this example is a challenging one, I believe that it reflects the friendship we are not only called to show, but the friendship God desires for us to have. And I believe this is seen in Pentecost as well. Looking at Pentecost, we are invited into the narrative of the Holy Spirit being sent to the early church, illustrating for us the relationship of the triune God that we worship, the relationship God desires to have with us, and how that encourages us as believers. In Acts 2, the account of Pentecost is given. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is sent to the disciples and empowers the disciples to speak in languages outside of their native tongue. And others are able to hear them speak their own language perfectly. That which Jesus has, had promised the disciples had come true for them, that they were filled with the Spirit and empowered and encouraged to do mighty works. What is important to realize here is God's continued presence with God's people. The triune God that we serve is God three in one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, working together as one with a desire to be in community with us. Acts 2 verse 2 states, And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Now is it possible, and Alfredo stole my point here, is it possible that the same wind that hovered above the waters the first day of creation is back now to bring forth new life? a continued wind from the beginning of, of what we find in scripture to now. 
God's same promise of community and connection was the intention of God creating the world and all of its inhabitants are now being reinforced by the presence of the Spirit, moving again in a new powerful way for the disciples. The same God that desires connection with us is desiring connection once again. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working as one with the intention of being in relationship with us. This makes sense looking at Jesus, the teacher that loved his disciples. He is the one that although he can walk across a stormy sea, he loves his disciples enough to be in the boat with them in the midst of the, in the, midst of the storm. That although he was crucified and abandoned by his disciples, he was resurrected and showed himself to them. And even though in his resurrection, only his female disciples were present and Thomas needed physical proof of his resurrection, Jesus is gracious enough to find them behind locked doors to open his side in order to reassure them that he is present with them. Surely Jesus loved his disciples enough not to leave them alone and would not ascend without providing them an advocate in the Holy Spirit. The perfect connection of the triune God is shared perfectly and consistently with humanity. And what does this mean for you and I today? It means that we are deserving of a deep and loving relationship and friendships because the God of all creation has deemed it so. That you in this room are worthy of God's love and friendship. Let us look no further than the example of Ruth. Ruth's act of loving kindness to her mother-in-law, Naomi, was a powerful act. And this act did not reflect her own desire to be a good and loving friend. Instead, this act of loving kindness reflected the essential nature of God's faithfulness and God's desire to be in community with us. God acknowledges Ruth's actions and affirms it with the loving nature of God. And perhaps this is why if you trace the lineage of Jesus through David, you find that Jesus is a descendant of Ruth. This form of friendship and relationship is situated in loving kindness that surpasses understanding is the chief desire of God for us. From creation, through Ruth, in Jesus, and in the Holy Spirit being sent to us, we are reminded of the loving kindness God desires for us all. And even more than the example brought forth by Ruth, we worship a God that is near in friendship to us. That God would walk in the Garden of Eden with humanity, and when we strayed away from God, God became flesh, once again living among us. And as Jesus lived among us, he drew close to us, making friends with the sinner and the marginalized, befriending the outsider, becoming an immigrant in a foreign land for us, knowing our pains and tribulations, and that his actions were not done in vain. Instead, his friendship and love were made perfectly eternal in his resurrection. That when death came for our Savior and our hopes in a friend that would never leave us came to a pause, Jesus resurrected, providing our eternal friend that not even death could take from us. In the same way that Ruth wraps her arms around Naomi, our Savior has his arms extended upon a cross, inviting us all in, into his resurrection and eternal life with him. This is the friendship that you are designed for and Jesus reminds us with the sending of the Holy Spirit so that we may never be without an encourager and an advocate that as certain as we can feel the rush of a strong wind, the presence of God is always with us, friends. Therefore, friends, we have a responsibility in this world to both know without a doubt that we are desired in loving kindness by the God of the universe and that before all time began, this loving kindness was destined to meet you and destined for you. And for those, for those who, see, who receive this truth and walk in this truth, 
May we not hold on to this good news as if it was something to keep hidden. The gospel states, no one hides a lamp under a bush so as to hide its properties. Instead, know the love and friendship that is modeled in the triune God and is shared with us and share it with others. The Holy Spirit came and immediately brought forth connection on this earth, uniting individuals through the power of speech. I'd like to invite the worship team um, back up. So let this be our encouragement, Ecclesia Church, family and friends, to know the friendship desired for us and then to desire to share it with all others. We have this amazing opportunity as a church community this summer, meeting as one service to foster this connection and community, to strengthen the friendship within ourselves so that we can share it with others. So as we make our way to the table soon, as you take the bread and the juice, do so remembering the nature of God, which is relationship and love. The elements provide a physical reminder each Sunday. And so the, today I ask that when you take the elements, you do so remembering the God that is community and has ordained you for perfect community with him. And as you take the elements, know the truth that is for you, that you are worthy of the best form of love and relationship. And you are now encouraged to live this out in the world, sharing the beauty of God's love and friendship. Amen.